0: Namaskar. This is Akhilesh Bhargir. Welcome to tidbits on Business and Finance with me. As a developing nation, India certainly needs foreign funds and investment to ramp up its infrastructure build up, to expand its manufacturing base and to also build up its social infrastructure like schools, colleges and hospitals. The inflow of foreign funds could be for profit as in the case of foreign investment or FDI, received by companies. Or it could be not-for-profit, as in the case of donations and grants, received by NGOs and charitable organizations. But despite its need for funds, the pedigree, the source, and the intent of such foreign funds coming into India matters, and they are thus subjected to a detailed background check by way of stringent KYC documentation and verification, at the very inception of their inflow into the country. The reality is that foreign funds, not necessarily those emerging from dubious and suspicious locations including tax havens only, such funds can be extremely inimical and dangerous to a nation's sovereign interest, whether it be political interests or it be fiscal interests. Such funds can be surreptitiously used for money laundering they can be used for tax evasion or terror funding or for far deeper political purposes such as to influence domestic elections or to fund nefarious activities like urban Maoism or to destabilize the Indian society through religious conversions etc. or to launder the proceeds of crime and corruption emanating out of India itself but coming back into the country. India has been no exception to this harsh reality of the dangers of foreign funds coming into any country. The Modi government has been in an overdrive ever since it came to power in 2014 to prevent illegal and criminal foreign funds from disturbing the fabric of India. It immediately amended the FCRA, making it far more stringent and tighter, not just in the matter of receiving foreign funds by NGOs, but also in respect of the registration criteria to be eligible to receive such funds, also in the matter of the purpose and spending of such funds, the documentation and record keeping, the audit, the reporting, the compliance and supervision of NGOs, as also in the matter of huge penalty and prosecution for contravention of the law. These were the kind of amendments that it brought in. As a result of these changes, The FCRA registration of over 20,000 NGOs who had failed to meet the eligibility criteria or who had not complied with the FCRA were cancelled and where necessary, a criminal investigation was launched into the affairs of certain NGOs. At the receiving end of such government action and backlash were global organizations like Amnesty International, Greenpeace and Ford Foundation also whose registrations were reportedly suspended or cancelled, and an inquiry was launched into their affairs for serious violations of the FCRA. The next move of the government to track dubious foreign funds was the enactment of the Black Money Act, whose open-ended provisions make it draconian for the delinquents, the latest one being the case of Ambani, who had been found to have assets abroad which were not disclosed, and they have been taxed under the Black Money Act. Under this Act, any undisclosed foreign assets or property of a person will be subjected to tax and penalty at its present market value, irrespective of its year and its cost of acquisition. Thus, if a person bought a house, say in London, for maybe £10,000 in the 60s, which is now worth maybe a million pounds at the present value, and that hidden investment is now found out by the government, then the potential tax and penalty payable for this undisclosed foreign assets can be over 100% of its present value, which is 1 million pounds in this case, and not 10,000 pounds, which was the original cost of acquisition of this hidden foreign asset. What makes it so harsh and severe is the fact that tax is levied, penalty is levied, at the present market value of those assets which may have been bought decades ago. Apart from these changes, the reporting and surveillance of foreign transactions under FEMA has been made considerably stronger and stringent due to which FEMA violations related to foreign transactions which earlier went unnoticed are now being captured and found out and heavy action is being taken for those contraventions. Moreover, the FEMA has been further amended to deny any easy and automatic entry to foreign investment in India after the Doklam and Ladakh conflicts with China. Thus, any FDI emanating from any nation which shares a land border with India is denied the automatic approval route and now needs a prior approval from the government of India. This regulation is meant to curb and prevent any FDI, particularly coming into India from China. Further in its drive against illegal foreign investment into India, the ministry of corporate affairs has been unearthing illegal chinese investments into indian companies through benami and money laundering routes and it has been triggering action against professionals and chartered accountants and other benami lars not just under the Companies act but also under fema income tax benami act and also under the prevention of money laundering act the fact is that foreign funds are welcome provided They are not illegal or they are not fraudulent or they are not proceeds of crime or they do not come in any hidden agenda or interest and that they are not against the sovereign interests of India. If these criteria are met, then of course, foreign funds are welcome into the country. The government thus continues to be vigilant and it has tightened its scrutiny of NGOs registered under the FCRA and also its scrutiny against Chinese invested Indian companies in particular. A recent report in the Economic Times says that the government has ordered a detailed audit of many NGOs under the FCRA. It says that based on preliminary scrutiny of annual returns submitted online by NGOs, the Home Ministry has given a long list of documents which the NGOs facing the audit will be required to produce. This long list of documents and information includes bank account details, the bank account statement in which foreign donations were credited and utilized by those NGOs, the details of each withdrawal made out of foreign contributions and how was it spent, the details of the approvals received from the Ministry of Home Affairs, the details of foreign contributions transferred to other NGOs, breakup of utilization of the foreign contributions under different heads and the amount spent on welfare, activities, administrative expenses, acquisition of fixed assets, and the unspent amount at the end of each year. This is the kind of documentation and information the Ministry of Home Affairs has been asking in order to investigate the affairs of these NGOs and to see whether they are violating the provisions of FCRA in any manner. The ministry has also asked for their correspondence with foreign donors, the nationality of the employees that they have in India, and even details of the make and model of the vehicles purchased by them. All these will be audited by an auditor to be appointed by the Home Ministry. The NGOs being audited by the Ministry of Home Affairs are particularly those which have been on its watch list for various reasons. The ET rightly points out that the information sought by the Home Ministry goes beyond the financials and that the nature of question asked are a reminder that the government will go over the functioning and finances of the NGOs receiving foreign donations with a fine comb. If the government is probing the affairs of NGOs on its watch list, then it has also been doing so of Chinese companies operating in India, including the likes of ZT Corporation and Vivo Mobile, etc. A Bloomberg report says that the affairs of the India units of these two Chinese entities are being investigated for alleged financial impropriety. It says, that such an investigation is a sequel to the earlier action taken by the government against Xiaomi, the Chinese telecom manufacturer and seller in the country. The MCA will scrutinize auditor reports and it has received information from unnamed sources that say that the potential violation by these Chinese companies includes financial frauds and also those related to foreign exchange laws. The Ministry of Corporate Affairs scrutiny will also verify whether significant irregularities have occurred in the ownership of these companies and also in their financial reporting to various agencies. The Bloomberg report says that the MCA has started the process of inspecting the books of accounts of more than 500 Chinese companies, including the likes of Xiaomi, Oppo, Huawei Technologies, and Alibaba in India. After the preliminary inspection by the MCA a further investigation of these companies by the SFIO to us is very likely and imminent. All this action is a part of the tightened scrutiny of China-based firms since 2020 following the Galwan clashes. In addition to this, a nod from the Ministry of Home Affairs by way of a security clearance is now needed for the appointment of Chinese directors on Indian companies. The government's recent notification says that Chinese nationals as well as those coming from Hong Kong appointed as directors on the boards of Indian companies will need security clearance along with people from countries that share a land border with India. All these are to ensure that foreign firms that are coming into the country and also those who are their investors are not such who are inimical to India's interests. It will impact the appointment of directors on the boards of Chinese-owned Indian entities for sure, and also their management structures in India are likely to be impacted. The larger picture in the matter of foreign funds into India on the basis of these developments is certainly worth a discussion. The first point that comes is that there is more of a sovereign angle to the investigation being conducted in the affairs of Chinese companies in India than a legal or an administrative one. Because of the belligerence and aggression of China, these companies, which are directly or indirectly owned by the Chinese Communist Party, or even by the PLA, are seen as being inimical to India's interests, and more than disciplining them, their activities are being sought to be curbed by these investigations and scrutinies. Thus, in the case of Xiaomi, approved by the investigation agencies like the SFIO and the ED is likely to follow the scrutiny being conducted by the Ministry of Corporate Affairs. There are larger national interests at stake here and as we said these are not just for administrative or legal reasons. The second issue that emerges is that if there are record inflows of FDI into India then there are also record outflows going out of India. Those Indians who have been threatened by the black money law and by the Benami law are shifting their assets out of India before they get caught. On the other hand, the larger volumes of foreign direct investment or FDI coming into India show that the legitimate ones are very well accepting the regulations and they have nothing to fear. The third issue, apart from the muscular laws which have strengthened the system, the extensive data sharing and gathering has truly given the teeth and the bite to these laws like the Benami law, the Black Money Act, FEMA, etc. Stringent compliance and advanced systems have aided surveillance and spotting off violations and contraventions by these agencies. And finally, the huge penalty and prosecution provisions in these laws are proving to be effective deterrence against violations of these laws, when it comes to foreign funds and foreign transactions. The fact is that India is doing what it needs to do in its national and sovereign interest and yet that has not deterred or discouraged foreign investment from coming into India. These regulations may sound draconian and heavy-handed but it is not stopping FDI from coming into the country. Such measures are only impacting those funds which come to India with a hidden agenda and which are willing to or which keep Contravening the act, hoping that they are not caught. But then, as we said, the laws have changed, the times have changed, the data gathering has changed and the machinery has changed and effective action is being taken against them. This is Akhilesh Bhargav signing off till we meet again. Namaskar.